Good morning, everybody. Oh, you guys are so good at that. It makes me feel like you actually care when I say good morning. Um, who has ever heard the term roundtable discussion before? Like when your parents are watching news or in your communications class? John, if you would stop punching me, that would be great. Um, <laughs> all right, a roundtable discussion is usually not done at a roundtable. Sorry, I didn't think up the name. But um, we have a bunch of people at a uh, um, rectangular table this morning, so we'll call this our rectangular table discussion. Actually, probably more appropriately, our rectangular tables discussion, because we have two rectangular tables. Who can tell me what a rectangle is? Okay, no, this isn't Sesame Street, sorry. All right. It's time to get serious. I'll put in my serious voice. Um, what we're going to talk about this morning is worship. Uh, Jesus in the New Testament said, um, out of the mouth of infants you have ordained praise. And then when you go back to the verse that he's quoting, it says, out of the mouth of infants you have ordained power. So praise and power are synonymous terms, okay? Um, there's a lot of power in our praise and our worship of our king. There are many ways we can worship God but one of which is through music, and that's what most of our discussion is going to talk about this morning. There may be some other things in it as well. But it's very important that um, as we go through the discussion that everybody who talks has a microphone, and at some point we're going to open up the room for discussion where you guys can ask questions of anybody up here, all right? So when you want to ask a question, see the guy right there with the microphone in his hand? Uh, make sure you get the microphone from him and then ask a question, and then give the microphone back to him, okay? Because uh, we want to make sure, we're going to record this, we're going to make MP3s available for everybody at the end of the thing. I'll put them up online, you can download them in iTunes or whatever you want if you have a computer at home. If you don't have a computer, we'll put your name on a list and we'll mail you a disc. So, with that, we're going to kick off our roundtable discussion. Everybody up here, I would consider to be an expert in worship. And in about two short months, you guys should all be experts, too. It's all about just being abandoned and reckless and just worshiping God in the way that's important to you and expressive for you. So, are we ready? All right. We're going to start on this end with Dora. Everybody say, hi, Dora. Hi, guys. Uh, my name's Dora. My family lives in Pennington, but I go to the osteopathic school in Lewisburg. <laughs> um, <laughs> I um, enjoy worship very much, and I think one thing about worship um, in general to me that I've seen in my life is that as you um, kind of start loving God more and more, which can happen exponentially from one day to the next, as you start loving him more and more, your worship gets better and better, and when you worship him more, it gets um, just so much sweeter and sweeter. It kind of gets to the point where you're, like, kind of addicted to it. Is anyone addicted to sugar here? Like, you just love sugar? Yeah, I know it's chocolate bar. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's kind of like that where it's like you can't wait to get to the next fix. You can't wait to get um, in his presence again because he's just so good. And the, the scripture I think about is, Taste and see that the Lord is good. And I got news for you guys. God is so tasty. He's got it. He's got it. He's got it. And if you give him a chance, I don't care how young you are. I don't care. Like, age does not matter. If you taste and see how good he is, you'll get addicted to him and you'll want more and more. And as you jump in more and more to him, you'll see that there's so much more. And that's something that's so awesome about God is that he's limitless. And it's kind of overwhelming at first, but as you get more and more into him, you'll see that he's so much more than what you thought he was. So I encourage you to today to see how tasty he is. Hi, guys. My name's Alicia. Um, it's good to see you all. Hi. <laughs> um, you might have seen me up here. I was playing the violin. Does anybody play the violin up here? Anything? Cello? Any instrument? Okay, cool. Um, it's been so cool learning how to worship with the violin because um, it's a lot 
different than just looking at music and playing. Um, something I've, I've learned to do is to actually kind of listen almost to what the Holy Spirit and how, how the Holy Spirit's leading because um, uh, playing worship, um, anointed worship, is a lot different than just jumping around and just like having fun. Um, it can really touch God's heart. Um, I used to be really shy, still kind of am. It's been more of a process for me. I wish it wasn't. I wish all of a sudden I just started when I was young and just started worshiping, totally abandoned, but it's it's really been a process for me. I didn't start right away. Um, just to kind of come out of my shell and just be free. Um, one thing that causes me to worship no matter what is just the the revelation that Jesus has died for me. And no matter what's going on in my life, um, trials or obstacles, just the fact that, like, I'm saved from hell, no matter what's going on, just causes me just to, like, lift my hands and be like, oh, thank you, Lord, just the fact that he saved me. So I would just um, encourage you to, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how sucky it is at, at the time, just to remember that Jesus um, saved us from hell and from darkness, and that's that's what um, just helps me to get into worship, because I know sometimes it's hard just to start singing just to um, find a reason to worship, I guess, and I've heard people say, like, oh, I'm having such a hard time, you know, I just don't feel like worshiping, but it is such a gift we can give to him, especially when we're, we're um, having trials in our lives. It's just such a gift we can give to him just to dance for him and lift up our hands to him. church and we would sing some songs and we would listen to the sermon and we would go to Sunday school and and that was pretty much it and that's how it went for pretty much my whole life we'd go to church we'd go to Sunday school we'd sing and there was no real feeling involved and um that lasted for a long long time and uh when I when I started feeling the presence of God in 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 worship, I just feel like felt like I wanted to break through, like, like I, my my body inside my body was trying to burst out, and um, I just knew that there was more, there was more to worship than just standing up and sitting down, and standing up and sitting down, and singing and not singing, and stuff like that, and um, there there are so many ways that we can worship, just with dancing and singing, and even different artistic stuff that we do, and um. I just had an experience in church, you know, and even sometimes, like Alicia was saying, we really don't want to worship. That's the times that we should. We should just make ourselves worship because God is so powerful and so awesome, and he, cr he created all of us. And so um, one Sunday, maybe, I just gave myself away. I just gave myself away to God and just to completely worshiping him. And I feel like when I worship God, and I don't always have to be dancing all the time. I can just stand there. But I really, really feel the presence of God around me. And then I can actually pull him down and pull him till he, where he's right, right next to me. And I can feel him and I can worship him and I can just tell him how much that I love him and all the good things that he's done for me. And um, ever since then, I've just been completely crazy. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's it. 
Hi, my name is Matt. Hi, Matt. Hi. Um, I think uh, one of the ways I play music uh, is the work of team at church. And I think one of the ways that I've actually tried to break through in worship is more my lifestyle. Um, I've played team a lot throughout my church life, but um, what Revelation God has given me is uh, worship is more like a lifestyle than just uh, playing music. I think, uh, like, especially at my job, sometimes my job's really hard, but um, what I'm able to do is work at what I do with all my heart, and um, that's the form of worship. That God's touched me in that area a lot. Um, even just like just through relationships, the way I treat people, um, that's a form of worship to God. And I think that way has uh, kind of really been impacting me a lot lately. Um, John? <laughs> uh, John, yes, we didn't get that. John. Uh, um, I love music. You guys love music? Or do you like music or do you love music? Who has an iPod? Does anyone have an iPod here? Oh, yeah. No, I have the, the 60 gigabyte iPod, so I can get as I mean, they're, they're making 80 gigs, so I'm a little behind in the app. But I want that thing full of music, because I love music. I listen to it all the time. You can ask this person right here. But uh, not all music is good. Some might all sound good, but, um, you know, lyrics and stuff like that doesn't all glorify God. And that's why music, God created music for worship. For the purpose of giving it back to him. Um, and the enemy has stolen a lot of that. Uh, a lot of music is for the enemy and, and not for good, not for God's use. And so my heart is, uh, you know, being a worship leader um, is to get to that place where I can give God back what he created music for. So that's my heart. Um, so, I, you know, as much as I love music, worship does something that just any other music can't do because it, it gets in your spirit and it lifts God up. Um, so, yeah, I like music, but I like worship a lot more. And hopefully God can impart that revelation to you all as well. Amen. Hi everyone, my name is Tiffany. Hi. <laughs> I'm married to this guy, which is cool, right? That's cool. <laughs> we think it's cool. <laughs> anyway, my thoughts on worship. Lately I've really been thinking about um, my own my own expressions of worship and I know a lot of you go to church and you see people worshiping, probably your parents or you know, even your friends and like they're raising their hands and they're dancing and they're you know, they look maybe they look crazy or maybe they just stand there. But for me lately, God's been really like, I think, reteaching me why we do the things we do when we're worshiping. Like, okay, God, I'm going to strip everything away, everything everyone has ever told me, and I'm, I'm going to focus on you and why, why do I want to lift my hands? Why do I want to dance? You know, why do I want to do things like this? And, and it's, I challenge you to do that. Like, don't just watch other people and do what they're doing, but but really say, okay, that person's dancing. I wonder why they must have experienced some sort of freedom in their life that God has given them freedom to be this way in worship and, and to really abandon themselves, you know? So that's, that's really what's been going on in my mind lately. But one thing I wanted to add, everybody's been talking about their experiences in worship. And really, that's where worship begins. If you have not yet experienced the presence of God or heard God speak to you, it's like, you don't really have a platform to, to say anything about him. 
Like, you need to know, like, how many of you hang out with a really good friend? You have a best friend or something. Why, why do you hang out with that person? Because they're awesome. Because they're nice. Maybe they say nice things to you. They're like, oh, my gosh, Desiree, I love that shirt. Like, I saw one, and I was going to get it, but it looks so much better on you anyway. Like, they make you feel good, right? It's like, oh, I want to keep hanging out with this person. Like, they, they say nice things to me. And that's how God wants to speak to you. And when, and when God speaks to you in, in a time of worship or even in a time of prayer, it's like, man, I want to spend more time with him. And like, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise my hands, you know. Oh, Jesus, here I am, you know, or whatever it would be, whatever your expression is. But, but you're going to want to be in that place where, where you, can, you can say things to him and he can say things to you. And I remember the first time, I mean, like, I've grown up in church and, you know, it's all great and everything, but you really need to get to a place where you encounter God for yourself. And I was on a retreat, much like this one, and, um, and I was like, you know what, God, I feel like everybody else in the room, like, really knows you and knows to worship you or, or has heard your voice or something. And I was like, I just want to, I want to hear your voice for myself. And all God said to me, the simplest little thing, he said, I love you. And that wrecked me, like, that totally wrecked me. And, and my next worship experience was that much better because I had heard from God. Do you understand, like, when you have an experience, you have an encounter, and it's like, you, you step up a step, and it's like, okay, I have more of a reason to worship now because I know that he's real, and I know that he exists. So as you guys are worshiping this week, I want you to really, if you haven't experienced his, his voice or his presence, really just set yourself apart and say, I'm going to step away from my friends and just get in this place where, God, I want you to talk to me. I want to experience you so that I can truly worship. That's where true worship comes from, is the own experience that happens inside of you. Amen? All right. So you can ask us more questions on that, too, when we give you a chance. Hi, guys. My name is Larissa. feeling this morning? A little tired? Who's tired from last night? I'm tired. Yeah, that happens to me a lot. I get tired because I stay up late. But sometimes, you know how you like stay up late Saturday night because you're like, yeah, I'm going to church the next day. I can sleep during worship and 
Brian is staring at me, laying next to me, not just laid right there underneath the chair. I used to do that a lot. And I never used to see the need for worship. And just because I didn't have any experience with God. And I went on a missions trip to Brazil with Larissa and her sister Deborah. And God really awakened something inside of me when we were down there. And he completely rocked my world. Like, no lie. It, it was so amazing. And I used to just, like, stand up there. And, and like, before we went to Brazil, I'd jump sometimes. Like, just I'd jump with my friends. Because, you know, it's cool to jump with your friends and have fun. It's like, yeah, oh, this is so much fun. But now, like, I'll still go over to my friends. But now when I go over to my friends, like, I go over to encourage them. And I go over to, to tell them how beautiful they look today or, or how cool they are. And I'm glad they're my sister. And <laughs> And, but even though I do that and I go over and I encourage them, I'm still one-on-one with God. I'm still totally going out to him. I'm so worshiping and I'm like, yeah. Like, especially after you have a really stressful day or maybe get like an F on a test or something like that and come to youth group or something that night and you're like all down like, man, my parents found out I'm going to be in trouble. And then you just go there and you're like, God. I need help. Help me study more. Because you know we all hate to study. So if you just get in that place with God and just like release all your stress and totally abandon yourself to him, he'll totally like work through you and cleanse you and and make you feel a whole lot better than you did before. And just having that experience with him is just, it's amazing. It's an amazing experience. Christina. Hi, Christina. Um, my worship experience is Larissa's. I was like, I grew up in church, and I never really felt like I always wanted to go after God, but I would be scared because I didn't have the right outfit on, and people would look at me weird, and <laughs> and um, but. I've learned recently that it's not about me, and he is worthy, and I'm just like a little, teeny little thing on the earth, and if even if I'm tired, if I just give my all, he will, like, accept that, and it's like, he's so happy, and All right. Um, how many of you here like to jump around? Like, you like to jump around. Yeah, I like to jump around. Um, I know that God can do like really amazing things with like if we worship Him and we just like lay like our hearts that like we give our all to God and God can just come in and he can do amazing things and um well when I worship God oh I'm actually going to say this thing um lately God has really been calling me to spend time with him and you know what I have a really hard time doing that I really do. It's like, it's something that's really like, God, I wish I could spend more time with you, but you know what I do? I go to the computer and I play card games all day. And, or I go and I watch a movie and I'm like, oh, I just want to watch this movie. This is such a cool movie. And like deep inside, I'm like, go and read your Bible, pray, go and worship, listen to some music and 
just like pray to God and just listen to him and um I can't because I want to win just another game I want to I'm like I'm not leaving here until I win this game so I I'm I stay there and I lose like five games in a row and then like I win a game and I'm like okay now I can do this and then I keep going and it's just so hard like just to give up like your time and that's that's what God has called us for. God has called us to give us, to give him our whole life. He's like, I want you. Like, I want your time. Why don't you want to spend time with me? And that's what God has put in my heart. He's like, come and spend time with me. Like, I want you to talk to me. I don't want to stay just here, just doing nothing. I want you to come to me. And, um, yeah, I... I know God can really, like, go through and talk to you during worship. <laughs> so, um, I'm on the worship team at our church, and and this one time we went to this church called um, Crossroads Restoration Church. We are from Maryland, so it's up in Maryland, and and um, we were visiting there, and my dad was speaking, and we were doing worship. And af the I came down to help pray for people, and the worship, the rest of the worship team stayed up there, and they're still like worshiping God and giving their all. And we were praying for people, and while we were praying for people, um, people were getting healed. And I think by the end of the night, like 40 people were healed. And that's like a big thing for like Westminster, because you don't really see a lot of healings in the church there in the churches around that area and um it was just really amazing um one of my sisters prayed for someone and and she was healed of a herniated disc and um another one of us prayed for someone and they were healed of bone cancer um i prayed for someone and i think something that was with their blood was changed something that was wrong with their blood and it's just really amazing to see what god can do and how he uses you while there's worship going on to him like while there's exaltation and praise going up to him, how he's just coming down and meeting with you and just showing you how he works through you and showing you how miracles can happen. And just to know that you just placed your hands on someone's forehead or touched them on the shoulder, not knowing what's wrong with them. And just closing your eyes and just, just letting, inviting the Holy Spirit to come and then just waiting on him. And then seeing someone get healed, it's, especially when worship's going on, because it seems to happen a lot while there's just music going on to God. It's, it's really amazing. So. Um, who, which, what was the king that, was it King Saul that had the worshiper come and play for him because his soul was vexed and tormented? And so that King Saul would have worshipers come and play to ease his soul and bring peace over and sing peace. And uh, so this story has to kind of deal with that. W I went on a mission trip to Africa um, maybe four years ago, 2003. And um, we traveled to a place that was uh, a couple hours away. And it was a little church, a little village, you know, middle of nowhere. And... Um, I guess it's maybe not so much here, but in other countries they have things called warlocks or witches. You guys heard of that stuff? And they, you know, they tap into the the darkness and they can use that stuff to, to cast spells and uh, have control over people's hearts and minds. And there was a, a young girl who was at this um, service that we were having, and she used to work for this warlock. And... Um, we come to find out that she had some demons in her. She was demon-possessed. So we, you know, we preached the gospel, and, and uh, we shared a message, and then we said, anyone who wants prayer, come forward. And um, I, was I was praying for this girl. I had no idea. We, you know, we'd spent all day. We hiked up to this mountain, and she was fine. You know, it didn't look like she was demon-possessed. Um, and so I'm praying for her. And, uh, you know, people kind of disperse. She starts, like, you know, rocking back and forth. And, and uh, 
other pastors kind of realize what's going on, and they say, John, grab your guitar and start singing and worshiping. And while they were praying for this girl, and in that time of, of my worship and the, and the other pastors praying for her, she was released and, he, and you know, set free from these, from these demons. And for me, that was like, you know, wow. I'm just playing my guitar and singing, and God used that to, to help set this girl free from, from these things that have held on to her, even though, you know, it didn't look like she was. But in the presence of worship, it, it stirred these things up within her because they conflict with who God is, and, and uh, you know, God set her free from that, and worship was a big part of it. Um, so for me, that's probably the most intense, you know, worship ex experience I've had um, as far as that goes. guys were here last night, weren't you? Weren't you were in here worshiping? Yeah, it's so loud and they can't hear now. <laughs> Good question? Bring in the guy. How long have you played Christian music? This band that, that's been playing here, um, maybe two years, but you know each each of them individual person been playing for longer than that. Yeah, as the worship team, a couple years. Pretty sweet, huh? question is, why does God do our worship? Why does he, you know, he's so big and out there, and he's so, like, up in the heavens and far away, and he has got angels in heaven worshiping him all the time, so why doesn't he do ours? Yeah, it's, I heard this story one time. And I'm going to ask you guys this question, too. If you could right now, just, you know, without any pain, whatever, leave your circumstances and be in heaven, like leave the earth, go to heaven, and just live there with Jesus, who, who, how many would say, yeah, I would do that? Okay. It's not a trick question. It's cool. I said that, too. I was like, yeah, I would just go to heaven right now. Because, the wor you know, you worship all the time there, and that would be really cool. But... When you think about it, I mean, we're living here on the earth. Like, God has the angels in heaven that, that worship all the time, and they're saying, holy, holy, holy. But the angels don't have to go to school and do their homework. And <laughs> they don't have to be bossed around by their parents and do chores and, and keep a good attitude about it. You know, like, uh, you have circumstances and situations that surround your life that if you can push all of that out of the way and still say, God, I worship you with my whole heart, that worship is more significant than the angels in heaven. Like, can you, can you believe that? Can you wrap your mind around that? Like, you stepping out and saying, I don't care what anyone else in the room thinks. I'm going to worship. I don't care if I look stupid. I don't care if, you know, my mom's over there and she's going to be like, oh, Susie, you were worshiping and that was so beautiful. I used to hate when my mom would say stuff like that. <laughs> but it, it just mean, it means so much to God because you're in a place where um, you have these circumstances and situations, and it's just it's so much. There's more power behind your worship and your praise that you can push those things out of the way and worship God than even the angels have. The angels are jealous of the worship on the earth. <laughs> and, the, and, like, when we begin to praise, they come and join in with our praises to worship God. How cool is that? Like, that's amazing. Do you know how much power you hold in the, in the worship that you have? Like, you have the power to 
open the heavens with your praises, when you worship from a heart of abandonment and a heart of passion and with your intentions set on God, you can open the heavens. And then, and then you'll see the healings and the deliverances and all those things that, that follow when the glory of God comes. Do you want to add to that? Just, just a little real quick thing. Um, one time I had this one dream and I used to be really like self-conscious about myself and, um, God gave me this dream and in this dream I went to heaven and there's this place in heaven and it, it was like, the, um, the place of protection. It was very cool. It was like, there's this door kind of type of thing that was like a screen and when you went through it, like you could walk through the door. It was like, uh, okay, anyways, so. When you walk in in there, like, you turn perfect. That's how it works. And I was like, all right, I'm perfect now. Let me see what I look like. Oh, I'm exactly the same. And that was God's way of telling me, like, you are perfect just how I made you. And in this, this place are, like, pictures of, like, kids in Africa and all kinds of things. And then we got out of that the place, and this little angel turned to me, and they're like, you know what? I'm so jealous of you. I am so jealous of you. I wish I could be like you. And why is that? That's because God gave us free will. And that makes, that, like Tiff was saying, like, it makes our worship, like, so much more important than the angels. Because we have a choice. We can choose to worship God. And that's why God likes us to worship him so much. How long have you been a Christian? Well, say at least like a couple days. <laughs> um, and how long? Twenty-four. Twenty-one years. So the question is, why does God send dreams and visions, but doesn't like, like you can't see God? That's the question. Well, um, God is so glorified, like he's just so full of glory and he's just so powerful that if God actually came down here himself to visit us, we would die. I'm not even joking. Our bodies can't handle that glory. You want to say something? You're not even on the worship. <laughs> um, does anybody know the story of like Moses? Oh wow, that's a lot of people. <laughs> um, <laughs> everybody knows it. Woo! But um, how? Yeah, yeah. Like M- Moses and like when the all the Israelites were in, um, in lost, well, wandering in the desert. Oh, did you know? Oh, sorry. <laughs> did you know that um, Moses, he would ascend up this mountain, was it Mount Sinai? He would ascend up this mountain, and God would actually come and, like, his God's presence would come down and speak to Moses for guidance for everyone, like all the Israelites. And one time he went up there and God actually visited Moses. God actually like came down and visited Moses, but he only let Moses see his back. And when he came back down from the, the um, 
the mountain and came down to the people, he had to cover his face because his face was shining. And it wasn't like, it wasn't just like his face was just like all like pale and stuff like that. His like, his, his body was emanating this like, this glory and the glory of God was on his face. And they had to, ha- he like the rest of his life, I guess, the rest of his life, he had to um, like be like in the tent and stuff like that and wear this like veil over his face because if anybody saw his face, they would die because the glory was so like. And so I don't think like until you really experience it, it's like God is infinite. He's been here forever and ever and ever and ever. And he just made us like about 7,000 years ago. So like it's, it's kind of hard to believe that he's been here all the time. And when he made when he made the, the world, he made it out of two things, the, the presence of God, the glory of God, and sound waves. Because when he spoke, things came into existence. And so it's kind of cool, like, how when we speak and we're, we have faith in God and we speak, and that's why healings happen and stuff like that, because we're, we have this faith and confidence in God. And so when we speak to him, like, say she had a broken leg or something like that, say she's in a cast or something, and, um, and I speak to her leg, and I'm like, God, would you heal this leg? Would you heal this leg? And all of a sudden, the bones crack back into place. That's you speaking, and the glory of God is, like, it's getting built up, and then that, that's how you get healed, so. I also want to just add on to that. That's why um, part like God, when God sends these angels, angels are messengers. And before they come to the earth, they're, s- they're called spirits because an angel is not an angel until it's visited the earth. And when they come down and they visit people and they reveal themselves to people and people see them, what they're carrying and why have you, like a lot of times in the Bible when an angel comes to visit someone, someone becomes afraid because of the glory that's on them. That's not the angel's glory. That's God's glory. He has transferred his glory, parts of his glory, onto the angel. And so when angels come to visit you, that's why it's, like, so powerful. Because of God's glory is shining from them. So. I want to add something to that. Um, when one more. Yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to answer. Um, there's there's uh, what she was saying about the glory. They're in front of God, and, and they're experiencing him. And a lot of the people in the Bible um, that are what we would call really great men of God, women of God, they have experienced angels, uh, messengers, spirits, and uh, they would literally fall down as dead men. They would, they would fall down because it was so. Dying there. Um. But basically, they, these people, we would really look up to and think, man. These people would really, ha- really have something. They've gained a lot of ground. They're, they're really cool in God. They've, they're really mature. They've done, they've prophesied to nations. They've um, cursed kings and they've died. There's things that have happened. And these people would come across angels that were just, coming to give a message to them and they would literally fall before the messenger and worship him or fall down uh, with no no energy in their body like Daniel and that that's just the glory that that the angel being in the presence of God is bringing and transferring to them like like uh who was saying about sorry who was saying about the the power being too too much for us like with Moses and and being veiled that it's it was necessary um and and also he 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 says he likes to reveal his secrets to the prophets. He likes to um, it's it's the glory of kings to search it out. If he just showed you everything, then there's there's a lack that you there's something that you would lose from trying to um, run after him. The free will aspect of it. Um, real quick. Um yeah, um, God gives us dreams and visions so we can, like, know what's going on because God is always doing something. It's not like, yeah, Jesus is coming one day, and that's why we have to get ready. Jesus is doing something right now, 
and it's not just in the future and God is doing something right now and he wants to reveal to us what he's doing and that's why he gives us dreams and visions and he doesn't come to us because he's too powerful for us to handle and yeah does that sort of help you out yeah and he speaks in other ways too like sometimes you'll you know sense that God is speaking and it's when when Jesus walked on the earth the the disciples were like well why would like when he was talking about leaving they're like well why would you go why don't you just stay and he's like it's better that I leave that the Holy Spirit would come so that you're you would believe by faith that that Jesus exists and so that's why the Holy Spirit comes to to give us dreams and visions and and speak to us about the Father so that we have faith to believe even greater even greater things and you all know that you're going to do even greater things than than when Jesus walked on the earth right through your hands everybody put your hands up say these hands are going to do greater things than even when Jesus walked on the earth because they are full of power when we're filled with the Holy Spirit <laughs> so be filled turn to the neighbor say be filled <laughs> oh, y'all have questions? Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, everybody lift up your hands. Oh, yes, yeah, wh what's your question? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, but seriously. How'd you grow all that facial hair? <laughs> Desiree. Um, why are there prophecies? A prophecy. What's a prophecy? A prophecy Let's let Jerry take it. A prophecy is like something comes to do something and it happens. Like, let's say. The true definition of prophecy, as in the Bible, is interpreting the divine will and purpose of God. Okay, so prophecy comes in many different forms, but the ultimate goal of prophecy is to interpret the divine will and purpose of God. Okay, and um, Jesus, the spirit of revelation and prophecy uh, uh, will, will ultimately reveal Jesus, it says in Revelation. Okay, but prophecy true prophecy there are people that call themselves prophets who i call them false prophets because they're not really prophesying but a, a true prophet will release something for you or a, a nation or a region that will help god's purpose come to pass so that's that's the true purpose of prophecy and it, it comes in many forms but that's the core um you know when when god was creating the earth he was like um let me see how it really says it. He's like, um, God said, uh, let there be light. And there was light. <laughs> and he said, <laughs> all right, <laughs> just to make it funny. Okay. And then he was like, let there be animals on the earth, on the face of the earth. And there are animals. And there are some things that God wants to be said like I speak life over Tiffany and then there's going to be life over Tiffany I speak what um, dreams over Erica and then Erica is going to have dreams and there are some things that by the power of words because words are powerful how many of you know that words are powerful yeah words are very powerful and that's why God reveals God give us a, gives us something so we can speak it into um, how many of you guys know who Adam is? You guys should all raise your hand. First guy created? What? Adam, as in the Adam, as in God's coolness. He made him. 
in the beginning, right here in Genesis 3. Let me see if I can find it. <laughs> no, when, when God created Adam um, and, and the animals and everything, Adam was divinely inspired by God. And he, when he named all the animals, what he was doing was prophesying their nature. He didn't know, like, he didn't just say, hey, this thing is like wiggles around inside. I'm going to call that a snake. God divine. <laughs> yeah. <well laughs> oh, yeah, it does. It did have legs back then, didn't it? Anyway. But anyway, God prophesied. I'm not God. Adam prophesied through the divine inspiration of God um, the nature of each animal. He even prophesied his, like, his wife, like John and Tiff. John prophesy and call Tiff, Tiff whatever Tiffany means. And so what Adam did was, is Adam was like, this woman will be named Eve. And that's what she's got to say. Because she <laughs> she's going to be the mother of all. And he prophesied the nature, yeah, he prophesied the nature of each animal. Like he prophesied the nature of the snake. And yeah, and yeah, yeah, and the knowledge is good and evil. Okay, um, Adam back then, he didn't have the knowledge of good or evil. So when he named the snake, he didn't know that he was saying that it was evil. But I don't remember what snake means, but something to do with what the snake did to, e to Eve. So Adam didn't know that, but he prophesied it because he had divine inspiration from God. So. Prophecy is a calling forth. It's a, it's a, sp it's a speaking into, an e into existence. Um, life or death, life and death is in the in the power of the tongue. And when you speak, you're either speaking. Yes, are you gonna share? At twenty, a man, a man's moral self shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth, and and with the contents of his words he must be satisfied, whether good or evil. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge it in it shall eat of the fruit, for death or life. And th and that's why I wanted to share is. Also, I also want to share that this side of the table needs to speak more. So stop hogging the mic over there. But but uh, what, with your question, um, why is there prophecy? Um, prophecy, did they answer it pretty good? You're, you, you, uh, um, prophecy is very intertwined with worship. It's kind of. It's connected with uh, intercession. We'll talk about that more tomorrow. But um, when when some, there's everybody can prophesy, and then there's office of prophets. There's people pe people that are stand in a position as a prophet. You can look, you can read through the Old Testament and see them. And there's people that did really, really um, powerful prophecies. They also walked out certain prophecies. It's not just spoken words. It's also uh, a, a form of life. But to get back onto worship. We'll, we'll talk more about that tomorrow, too. Anybody else have questions? I've always wondered later, how was the devil really created? What do you guys think? Can you like say what they think? Behind you, somebody's got something. When he was created to fly or to hover, then he wanted to be like God. What was the question? Wh when? How? Yeah. So he was he was created with all the other angels, but then, yeah. What was his name? Like Luke or something? Lucifer. Mm -hmm. This is this is important actually. He was actually the like the chief minstrel. He was the worship leader of heaven. He yeah, he, he like he was music, like you know, 
John said, made of instruments. So that's why worship is so much more important. The fact that the chief minstrel of heaven got cast down and for us to worship is like stomping on the devil's head. Like it was his position and we are worshiping God where he should be. He should be up there worshiping God with all the other angels because that was his purpose. And now he's he was cast down because he got prideful and wanted to be better than God. And um, so it's like when we when we exalt God, we are, you know, really like stabbing, <laughs> spearing the devil because it, it's like it's his it should have been his place. And that's why it's so important that you don't pollute your mind with with worldly music because it, it it's not glorifying God, you know? You understand that? So that like it, it so that's why worship is even more powerful and you have much more power than you even know because of that very purpose. something first to that the fact that lucifer was music himself like everything about him was music this is why guys um this is why secular music is so addicting because even though you're a christian and i'll tell you i don't listen to hardly anything um that's not christian or that's not um hardcore um worship music um but when you hear a beat, does it not get to you? And you're like, man, this sounds good. And you want to like get into it. And I got some salsa in me, so I can I can salsa a little bit. So, you know, you feel the beat, and you know, you know, it it it, it like your flesh, it like completely like will go to that because that was what he was made for. So you have to be so careful when you listen to secular music because it was made to get your eye. It was made to to um, attract you because that was his gift. So you have to be careful about that now because if you allow secular music to be a big part of your life now, then it'll just continue to increase in your life. And he was he he was made for that, so he knows what he's doing. He knows how to make music appealing. So it's not just a, a simple thing when you like secular music and you start getting into it because it's meant to be addicting and to take you away from God, to give you um, a bad alternative to what true worship is supposed to be. But isn't there like um, rock and rap Christian music? Because that's what my friend Ashley said she loves. And also, like, has anybody seen the trombone before? Is this a trombone? Yeah, well, like, in heaven, Lucifer's main instrument was the trombone, and then when he got kicked out of heaven, like, it was used as a worship instrument, and so it reminded him of, like, when um, when he was in heaven worshiping God, and so whenever you play the trombone, it's, like, really a worship, like a warfare almost against the enemy because he hates that sound. think that people who make the music have, have something bad out of them? Um, well, <laughs> I mean, I guess it depends on, like, I mean, if the, if the lyrics are not godly lyrics, if, if they're living in sin, then their lyric, what comes out of their mouth is going to show how they live their life. Um, I know we all have like this really bad yuck sin nature in us, but God also gives us really good gifts. And I think there's a lot of people in the secular world that have really cool gifts that can be, you know, used for Him. I think they're using it for the world right now, some of them. But um, I don't think they're bad gifts. They're just maybe being used for the wrong reasons. Do we have a question, or is this talking? I thought you had a question. I was the Bible says that from out of the heart the mouth speaks. And when things, when, when people um, use the gifts that my wife was talking about um, for evil, then, and a lot of times it's because they don't know. They haven't been redeemed. That's the purpose of redemption. And of, of God 
uh, is they when they experience God maybe for the first time during salvation, then they start becoming more saved. They start becoming redeemed, and then they then out of their heart, their heart becomes renewed daily by the washing of the Word. And when that happens, and you guys can experience that now, if you get in the Word of God, and if you get around friends and people that are in love with God, it, it will transfer to you, and you will begin to um, the gifts inside of you will start to come out and be more useful to God, and you'll get to benefit from that. That's, that is the most um, fulfilling place that you'll ever find in this life. It's not uh, listening to rock music. Those things are just counterfeit. That's why when she listens to worship or music, she, she, she uh, at first maybe disciplined herself to do that, but now it's like she's more in love with God, more in love with God, so she can't even, uh, almost can't even stand that herself. And it's not like she goes out of style. It's that she's growing more and more into the purpose of what God created music for, and there's more fulfillment because of that. back to Desiree's question about uh, how did the devil be become evil um, the thing is he wants to be better than God that's like he wants to lie he's like he knows what the truth is and the truth is uh, God and everything that God has and he is a liar as you all know and everything that he does he goes against God he knows the truth he knows what is right but he doesn't want it he doesn't want people to believe in it. And about the the thing about the worship and the, the songs, like the secular songs, um, I think that people focus like on so much more stuff. Like they want to focus on um, pure things and things that are really not from God. And I think that listening to that kind of song um, just kind of it's bad for you because it it doesn't it doesn't bring life to you. And that is why secular music sometimes can be so bad because it's speaking death into you. It's speaking bad things into you, and you want to speak life into your life. You don't want to speak like, oh, whatever, like whatever they sing, and like you know how how people wear like um, those shirts that say like the devil's whore or whatever it is, like you know, like just really bad stuff. I don't know. I don't I don't sing any of them, but it <laughs> <laughs> sounds like but anything like um angel of darkness or whatever that is like that people wear t shirts with stuff on it and that just like it does not bring life in to your life. And that's what you want. You want God to come into your life. You don't want to be wearing something that says that the dark side wins, you know. And it's just I guess Concerning worship, also, um, with what you're saying about how did the devil become evil, he envied God in this place. He wanted to be worshipped um, the way that the angels were worshipping and all of creation was worshipping um, God. So that's when we, when we think about our opportunity here on earth to worship God, you can actually worship God, and pride is what will keep you from worshipping God with abandon. And there's different styles. You can lay down and uh, soak in him, but there's going to be a time when you get up and you dance before him because he's worthy. It's not like you feel it, it's like it, you, you will it, you choose. Just want to add one more thing to the whole secular Christian music thing. Um, if you notice, there's, okay, I have an example for you. My dad, one time, he was he was really depressed. Like, he was just like, man, I, I don't know why I'm so depressed. Like, why am I so depressed? And I said, Dad, what are you listening to? What music are you listening to right now? And he was listening to Alanis Morissette. Maybe a lot of you don't know her. She's a little bit older. <laughs> but she has really intense problems. <laughs> she's got issues, and she's probably mostly depressed. And I was like, you need to take that CD, break it up, and throw it away. Uh, if you listen to it for too long, you'll just get depressed and have a bad attitude. So... So for you guys, if you're if you're feeling a certain way or whatever, like I challenge you, check what you're listening to and and turn it off. Like do straight worship for a week. I don't I don't know straight you know God worship that you know is worth and tell me that you don't see a difference. <laughs> I know you will because I know it's true. There's it's just there's a spirit attached to things and if it's you know I don't know if it's lustful then you're gonna start being like oh I want a boyfriend or I want a girlfriend and like those things aren't aren't 
necessarily from God. I mean, obviously, marriage is good, but a lot of you are a little, a little too young to be thinking about <laughs> marriage in the next few years. So, so anyway, just really check your heart I- when you're listening to things and, and how, how it's affecting you. Because if you, like, even if you have a bad attitude, if your mom's like, hey, take out the trash, and you're like, Rah! maybe you've been listening to too much Rage Against the Machine or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, just really examine, it, examine your heart and, and the things that you're taking in. Even it even is attached to TV shows. You know, it's it's everything. But music is especially powerful because of the position that Satan holds in the in in the world. Has anybody heard the statement "You are what you eat"? It's it's similar to that. The more you intake, you become what you're intaking. And it's it's not that one or two things will defile you, but as you meditate on these things, and music is something that you meditate on, because the the beat sticks in your your mind, the words, the lyrics. And uh, so what you meditate on is important. Yeah, I just had something to say, too, about um, listening to music and letting it pull you in. Because I had um, a time in my life when I was really rebellious and I pretty much did whatever I wanted to. And I broke the law numerous amounts of times. And the music that I was listening to glorified breaking the law and, you know, pretty much living your own life because it's your life and you can do what you want with it. And um, I really wanted to get out of that mindset, and I really wanted to change my life. And every time I would listen to, I was still listening to this kind of music because the beats were cool. I liked the beats. That was my excuse. Man, I really like the beats. They're really cool. But the lyrics were were just really, really evil. So one, one week I um, decided to put on a, a Christian station on the radio that I didn't like because it reminded me of my old churches. And I'm like, oh, this music is so dumb. <laughs> But the just the with the words being completely different and the message being completely different than what I was listening to, it completely changed the way that I thought about things. And then when I tried to go back and listen to some of my old music, it just wasn't a part of me anymore. So, I mean, even if you don't want to do something, just try it and just just allow allow it to try and change your life. guys thank you for your questions and thank you guys for your answers and the most important thing I want to say is it's a journey and it's never too soon or too late to start okay the point is start and if you guys would just take a week and listen to worship maybe a half an hour or an hour at a day okay you'll see a difference in your life you'll see a difference in the way you feel you'll start feeling more close to God you may even want to actually open your Bible and read it And then really good stuff will start happening, okay? All right, love you guys. Thank you.